Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. Mad Lib and fucking uh, Quartet are Quartet, putting out yeah. an album together. And the thing I am most excited about is when they said that they've been working on it for years. Like, that, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't huh? wait to hear it already. I'm stoked. Oh, hey. Hi. Uh, welcome to our record store. Uh, I'm Seth. This is Tara. Feel free to look around and uh, just give us a shout if you need anything. Um, but, but yeah, the thing I'm most excited about is the fact that they said that they've been working on this for years because of tons of people have been making like, you know, in quarantine albums and just kind of like doing the best they can with whatever. But no, this predates all of that. They've been doing this like collaboration online for like, I think they said like four or five years. I'm, I'm stoked. Wait, so is, uh, I wonder if they went to that same like art, art school together because I think like the burial, burial guy and like Fortet guy and someone like all these, all these like incredibly famous and super creative people all went to like the same art school in, in London. Oh, maybe. I mean, I, I'm 99% sure that Mad Lib is Los Angeles born and bred. Like, oh, that's never mind. Then, yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Well, actually, no. Actually, is he from Stockton? No. Where, where, oh. where's Stephen Malcolm is from? Not London. <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, it's your friend Zeta. Zeta, hey. hey, what's up, Tara? How are you? Good, how are you? Thanks I'm for great. coming to the store today. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. <laughs> Quite a collection you have here. Yes, Zeta is an, a DJ in Atlanta and music producer. Well, yeah, okay, I guess I'm a DJ producer that started out as a DJ and ended up becoming a producer. So now I think I have a lot to say about music, but that's debatable. <laughs> um, I have the things that I like and the things that I influence my sounds and my selections. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to stop by in this record store yeah. to see if y'all had any R&B offerings or anything up that alley, anything with women in music. Ooh, no, no, no. The, the fact that you just said R&B is very fortuitous. So uh, Tara and I play the high fidelity game often where we basically make a top five countdown of our favorites of some topic or whatever. And just today, Tara was telling me that she wants to do top five R&B albums. And uh, Tara, it's actually your turn to go first. Uh, Zeta, you want to join us? You want to you play this game? That's I that is incredibly serendipitous. I serendipitous. I'm that's a five dollar word for you. Um, <laughs> I am very happy to join this game. I'm so excited. Nice, uh, Tara. You want you want to kick this off for us? Oh yeah, I've got some right here, a pile, a stack, ready to go. So let's see. I will start. This this is really hard, by the way. Like, I feel like R and B is just a giant umbrella of a lot of different types of music. So there were, I had this really long list and just started to, um, I guess, cut people out based off of their genres that kind of live under that umbrella to say like, okay, maybe this is a little too funk, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe this is a little too pop. And so I would remove them just so I could get to five because it's almost impossible. Yeah. Um, no, I, I completely agree with you. Cause like I, I literally at some point in my life have looked up what is the definition of R&B? <laughs> Just to be like, okay. <laughs> well, R&B is definitely a rhythm and blues. It stands for rhythm and blues. Everyone everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's always going to be an emphasis on the blues aspect mm -hmm. of it. So it's like you can move to it um, and you can relate to it. 
So, you know, it goes from sexy to fun. Um, so, yeah, I can see like how it would, you know, it would swing either way. And I can see how you would want to like kind of use the process of elimination to come up with <laughs> right. like, you know, some solid R&B yeah. albums. But yeah, it is a sound that has evolved a lot um, and has influenced so many facets of pop music that I feel like at this point, you really have to dig deep if you want to find like a source of like music that is truly like close to like R and B roots. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, this past year has been a great year for R and B music, especially on um, popular radio. So I, I completely yeah. agree. And there's also been some really weird fighting about the definition of R and B recently, like um, very recently. Um, well, the Grammy announcements this year sparked off all kinds of controversies, like way more than anyone should possibly care about. The Grammys are not important, you know. I know. I'm actually looking up Grammy nominations on my phone right now in the store. <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah. Not nominated. <laughs> but, but, no, but there was this thing where um, Justin Bieber got nominated for best pop album or whatever, and he got so. So mad because he was not listed under R and B, and it's like that doesn't matter. It's, it's it's a Grammy. It really doesn't it's, matter. That is interesting. It is interesting though because this album, and I've never really been like a huge Bieber fan or anything like that. But I did, I did enjoy this new album. Like it's pretty soulful, like sexy. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It's pretty good. A similar thing happened last year with uh, Tyler the Creator when he put out Igor. Because Igor is definitely Tyler, oh, the yeah. creator's by far most R&B album he's ever done. But it's like, I, I think they threw him in the category of like rap slash urban or something like that. It and was I, the, yeah. the urban category. I remember him yeah. like, taking um, issue with that. Yeah, because um, he won. But he was like, nah, yeah. why, why are you putting I, me in this I, category? Yeah. I feel yeah. like the Grammys are changing the names of their categories every year because right. one, the Grammys doesn't know what's cool, and two, the Grammys doesn't yeah. know like you know what's what's not what's uncouth. They have no clue. Right. So you know the they had a category that was what was it world music before, mm-hmm. and I think they changed the name of that category this year as well. So eh, Grammys, the Grammys is too arbitrary. I yeah. you know if you were if you really want to get a sense of. Um, of how you define music. You just need to fucking listen to it. So yeah. Um, and it's funny that they mentioned that Justin Bieber had that, um, that little moment this year, because I distinctly remember hearing yummy. His <laughs> oh, lead yeah, single. One. First of all, even saying the name of that single. I just <laughs> <That's> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, you know, not to best, not that one. Not to bash the Canadian pop idol, but you know, um, Yummy was one of the first, I think it was the first time I'd ever heard a Justin Bieber song on, on R&B and hip hop radio. Mm. I literally heard that, that song on, um, 107.9 in Atlanta. So, and I was like, what? (laughs) That was pretty confusing for me. Um, but you know. And when I say I like that album, that song is like the one that I absolutely hate. I just think it's so, <laughs> I'm sorry, this title, though, it's so sound, it sounds so dumb to me. I just can't so take weird. it seriously. I love the instrumental, though. I do love the <laughs> instrumental. That's like, I feel like, you know, I have a, an appreciation for that, that little, you know, that little trill that he has going on in the background. I don't know. I've used that yeah. loop quite a bit and some DJ stuff. Oh, nice. But am I a fan That's of cool. Justin Bieber? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I think this just goes to show us that we're going to be playing around with the definition of R&B quite a bit throughout yeah. our lists. Yeah. Like it, it's going oh, to be malleable. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's just dive right in and I'm sure we'll we'll hit it like one of the first things. So um, number five is actually a pretty new album. Um, so I went with, uh, for number five, Sampha Process from 2017. Actually, the first time I ever heard of Sampha was back when I heard him on his Young Turks label mate's uh, album, Subtract. Uh, Subtract was, sorry, the label mate. Is subtract the album um, was his his first like EP I believe, um, and like as soon as I heard his voice I was just blown away I thought he was his has such a beautiful voice, um, and so then when he put out this solo album process in 2017, it's it's so moving it's incredibly personal. Um, he talks about his own mortality, his personal traumas, and like it you can just tell he's singing through so much that he's experienced. And not only that, but the album is pretty sparse in sound. I mean, sometimes you get the piano and just his voice and sometimes you get, um, you know, interesting percussion or even just like electronic samples, which is, you know, very, very young Turks vibe to have those sort of dubby, like dubstepy electronic, um, samples. I love it so much. I go back to it often, which is like why I had to include him on this list that one nice yeah see it's it's interesting that we're already going down that road where it's like you're right like that young turks label in general does have that very electronic r&b like it it does Mm -hmm. feel it feels very club ready and i'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing i'm just saying that's another slice of r&b that is like an important slice it's a very modern slice like oh man i i'm i'm, go- I'm going to sound like an idiot here because no one uses this term anymore but i thought it was very funny do you guys remember pbrnb do you guys remember when people were using that name no it was basically mm-hmm. th- this was like the dumbest name for a genre ever but basically they were trying to find a way to categorize all of the hipster r&b in the world so they were calling it pbr and b get it as in like pbr is no. like a beer for hipsters this is a oh, dumb is this like oh god this is a dumb name for a genre <laughs> i don't like this no one oh, uses this I've term. I've never anymore. heard of it. Good. I'm glad you have never heard of this term because <laughs> it's dumb. But anyway, what, what who what would we describe as hipster R and B? Hipster um, R and B, like okay. Here's a couple of like examples. Like I love James Blake. No offense to James sure. Blake. Love him. Here's a couple of examples. Another Young Turks album too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you all ever listened to uh, Soft Hair before? No. Soft Hair is wonderful. It's really good. I'm not putting this down at all. It's a collaboration <laughs> between Conan Moccasin and L.A. Priest. It's oh wait yes 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 soft hair oh my gosh why, I don't know why when you said that I was thinking H A R E like the rabbit <laughs> right soft hair like hair yes, yes. I love that actually it's no it's, <laughs> oh it's a wonderful album but it's clearly aimed at a very specific like hello yeah. I live in Los Feliz Los Angeles I am a hipster and this is the kind of R and B I like which sort which is fine pop, but I'm not putting that down at all I I I'm with you Tara that's a great album <laughs> it's but, a great album but but I think that would be what someone would call PBR and B however I'm going to stop saying it because I don't like that name and I don't like calling things that. Weird. So. See, I would not call that by 
the definition that I've heard of PBR and B. Mm-hmm. I would not call I it that. I just keep thinking that. about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> <I know>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but that's interesting. Wait, how did that how did that apply to Oh, I was just thinking about Sampa? how Young Turks, um, that whole vibe. It is definitely R and B, but I didn't even consider that whole like sound when I was mm. thinking of my yeah. lists uh, just now in my head. But yeah, you're right though. I mean, they do kind of have a lot of more of the electronic R and B sounds on Young Turks. Um, right. FKA Twigs. I don't think is Kalila on that label. I don't think she's on that label. I love Kalila though. Me too. Um, so much. You know, she actually, was on Fade to Mind before. Oh but yeah, where is she Fade now? to Mind. That's the one that I was thinking. You're mm-hmm. right. FKA Twigs, Jamie XX, John Talbot, Kamasi Washington. You know, FKA Young Twigs Turks. doesn't really like to classify herself as R&B. Um, what does she call herself? I remember there was an, she, she did an, inter- there was an interview with her from a while back. And um, uh, it was, she thought that her music had more in common sonically with like genres that were not R&B and thought she was kind of like being was uh you know being like pigeonholed as like an R&B artist mm-hmm. because she's a woman of color. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole conversation. I can see that. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like, That's I could definitely cool. see, like, because her music isn't, it's kind of in its own, right. the whole, like, Arca, Bjork type of yeah. like, ethereal, whoosh, whoosh type of realm, <laughs> you know, with yeah. with R&B influences, because she's such a rhythmic thinking person, because she used to be a dancer, and right. you can hear that in the music. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, we definitely, there, I feel like there's definitely, like, there's that offshoot of R&B where you see a lot of people going towards those more those more electronic elements influenced by those those electronic sounds and a lot of that to me kind of sounds like um like uh like the drum and bass and dubstep scenes over in the UK mm. yeah. because they're so dark and heavy and moody moody and bassy, I feel like that yeah. yeah and so I definitely I think that might even I think we can count that yeah, R&B. it's a different yeah. interpretation. I, I feel like but we're, so we're going to be making a lot of like, yes, yeah. I suppose that is R and B kind of things yes. while we're talking tonight. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely elements for sure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I agree though. I don't know if I would necessarily classify FKA Twigs as just R and B for sure. Yeah, but it I is mean, she interesting. Is more, yeah, yeah, but I do. I do yeah, there's she definitely fits somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, let's jump to number four. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, all right, so number four is Solange 2016 Seat at the Table. Yeah, it's like cranes in the sky. Sometimes I don't want to feel those life changing album. Yeah, yes, that's an epic one. Yes, the artistic vision on this album and, and the messages, the themes that she addresses in this album are so moving and just like her vision is just so strong. Um, I love it so much. I I feel like it also is intensely personal, just like Sampha's, um, album. And yeah, I totally forgot that they, they work together. So, and actually, yeah, I think he, he worked with her on this album moving a little bit. So huh. it's funny that they're right here in my list together. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's, that, that's a great choice though. That album solidified Solange's place in my mind as a genius. Right. <laughs> yes. As a musical genius. Um, and like the way I felt like a lot of that album was, it was 
coming to terms with like issues that black people face, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and just coming to terms of like a lot of the anger that we face from, you know, and, and she addresses anger so many times in the album. And, um, as like, as calm as the sounds are, the message is very like, it's very, um, it's very like snappy. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's very like, you know, I have a right to be pissed off. I have a right to feel these, this way. And it's so crazy because I feel like that woman has taken me on a journey from one album to the next, because even when, with, with, when I get home, um, that album was all about to me, for, for me, at least it was about, you know, black catharsis. Mm-hmm. So she went from identifying the anger, you know, reveling in it to freeing herself over the course of two albums. I, I could go on and on about Solange, honestly. <laughs> yeah. truly. I, I'm sure she's <laughs> going to make other appearances in our, our lists later on. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Probably. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see the overlap. I really can't. I hope there's some, um, but yeah, I mean, I think about that too. I think that the, the album definitely speaks to the black experience, which I'll obviously never know and fully understand, but I don't take it for granted. I really enjoy to listen to her, her stories and her voice. Um, and, you know, to speak to the cultural, uh, the culture as well. You know what I mean? I, I love it. She's yeah, she's brilliant. She's a genius. I remember when, when that came out, people, where like just regular people, by the way, you know, like artists in the city were would have like listening parties back when we could have like parties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, people would have would have had like listening parties with salon um just listening to Solange and, you know, hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. And it was just such a such a moment that was so important to so many people. And it's just crazy because be, between Beyonce and Solange, like they really know how to make an impact when they yeah. drop an album and yeah. even Beyonce, she loves to shadow the line between R and B and pop and whatever That's the true. hell she feels like doing at the time. But mm-hmm. yeah. And not only like, is this album so great, but like all the imagery that she came up with, all the videos and stuff that she like paired with this album, they're all just so like, I don't know, unique and I don't know, impactful. Just they all belong the right in the words. Like, how yeah. do you, <laughs> yes, yes. They are works of art in their very own. Yeah, totally. Truly. And I think, I mean, obviously I love, I love the EP that she put out. And I think that was like 2012, um, right before this album. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I love with that. Like EP. losing you. Yeah. Losing you is on that. I think, mm-hmm. um, that album is so good too, but I feel like with seat at the table, she was solidifying, like she would never, could never after that be compared with her sister at all. She's a totally different, her own, she's her own Knowles, you know, like yeah. now. After that, that sound is undeniably hers. I don't think you're going to hear that anywhere else. Because I mean, when you heard a seat at the table, what did you think? I've have you did you think you'd heard stuff like it before? Or no. did it feel new? I mean, a little bit with losing you and on that EP, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was like she was getting there with that one, you know? <laughs> yeah. She was getting there. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I I don't think I would I don't think I could compare it with anything else before that. Maybe a little bit Frank Ocean. Wait, when did Channel Orange come out? I can't remember. Maybe a little bit with that, but but not. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, wait, that was yeah, 2012 it, too. The composition is so sparse and like almost yeah. like, it's just really delicate. She makes very delicate music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I want to be honest about that album, though. I love it now, but when it first came out, it actually took me a few listens. Mm. Really? To get wrapped up. I know, it took me a few listens to get wrapped up, and at first I was like, what is she doing? What is this? It just sounded, it, it's like, I know it's a new sound, but something about it just reminded me of, like, the old music that I grew up listening to just, you know, through my aunts and uncles and my extended family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are some old people, like rhythms and melodies. <laughs> I just could it was hard for me to get into it, you know, but, um, but it's just so crazy because she, like, she really flipped like, you know, historic sounds. If you want to go with that, you know, just like, like that whole like Motown sound, all of that stuff. Like it's, there's a lot of funk in that album. And she just makes it sound so new and so refreshing and just better, mm-hmm. like clean yeah. linen. You know what I mean? And so, and it's just so funny because, like, I, I was like, you know, I'm not sophisticated enough to get it on the first listen, but on the second listen, <laughs> you know, now it's in a heavy rotation, heavy regular yeah. rotation. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> oh, I was gonna Solange. say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One more thing about Solange before we move on. I think it also was pretty genius to work with Master P on getting those sort of like interludes built in. Those are so cool. Yeah, I agree. I, I, like every once story, in a while, you know? interludes can detract from uh, an album. But I, mm-hmm. I genuinely loved those. Like like all the ones about I him, like, too. you know, talking about, you know, selling the No Limit stuff out of the trunk of his car and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it just complements everything that's actually on the album so well that I would never want to hear the album without those interludes. Yeah. I mean, you're actually, that could be another whole top 10 or top list is like the albums with interludes that you actually the enjoy. Because, interlude. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. they can get so annoying. Like why after every song, why do you have to have something? But like, for example, Outcast, uh, uh, the one, the one with all the amazing songs. Has we were all just like all right me. I was literally thinking that. What's it called? Like, where oh, so are Sting my Konya? panties? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I was my. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> like that one has some good interludes. Anyways, sorry. I don't think I'm a hoe. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're you're thinking about the that's love below. That's Equimini. That's, a, that's, oh, the, Equimini, that's the love below. The love is below the is where my panties. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. the love yeah. You're right. They, look, they're kings of interludes. Yeah, yeah. Truly. No, no, they have, they have yeah, a they lot. Are. They have a lot of good ones. They could just, we could just have a whole show on outcast interludes. Well, the, like, like, like the one that that always sticks in my mind is how in Stankonia, they, they do that like that like football clap break thing. That kicks oh, in yeah. like seven, eight times throughout that album. Yeah. So whenever I hear break. any like football player do like the, and break, and they, they clap their hands together, I'm like, no, that's the Stankonia thing. <laughs> like, and then you football, immediately you can't start have saying- that. that. That belongs to outcast. <laughs> yeah, and then you immediately start doing the intro to Fresh and Clean or whatever that song is. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. All right. Okay. So enough about Solange. She's amazing. Uh, number three actually is still in the 2000s, um, but we're getting older as we go through this list, um, not on purpose, but that's just how, that's just how it played out, um, is from 2000, Sade, Lover's Rock. You are the lover's rock, the rock that I cling to. Yeah. So, I mean, I love all Sade, obviously. I love all Sade so much, but I feel like those other albums, those other Sade albums are like my parents' Sade. This one is <laughs> mm-hmm. my Sade. This right. is my Hello. generation Sade. <laughs> 
That's how I feel. Yeah. And I, and when I got this CD, I think I got it because I, I studied abroad when I was in college and I got it like when I came back. And so that's all, it's just like all I listened to when I came back. And so it just, you know, when you hear, when you listen to something so much in one period of your life, it just like that album so much defines that period. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so yeah. contextual. That's, that's the college post study abroad era for me. <laughs> that um, has to be the sexiest album it's ever so made. Sexy. And yeah, but all of her albums are sexy. So it's like, can she be unsexy? I don't think she can. Can she? I don't even know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like they hit the mark on that, that Sade signature sound. Like it's just like science every single time you hear a song, you know, it's a Sade song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but I don't, even, do, I don't, do we have artists like that now? Do we have that? <laughs> um, it's hard. It's really hard to say. Cause, cause the hard part too is that when someone is so original and so like true to themselves and so kind of like, like almost like they are the own definition of themselves. It's hard to recognize them in their own time. And it's also hard to kind of like, let that grow because people love to compare things so much. Like, like, like there are some mm -hmm. enormous artists. Like I would say like Bjork. Bjork to me yes. is entirely self-definitional. Self-definitional? I'll <laughs> go with it. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think there are like a handful of artists like that, but a lot of them are gone, you know? Prince was, I think, self-definitional yeah. for sure. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They span genres. Although I don't, well, yeah, Sade definitely sp Band genres. There's the whole reggae thing, the whole like jazz thing, um, soft rock even. Um, but but and it I would think, be hard to not call her R and B. Like Sade is yeah. is definitely R and B. Like like I think if you looked up a, like a, a dictionary definition of at least that her era picture of R and B, there. her picture would be there for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So R and B synonyms. Sade. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but even the title Lovers Rock is actually a another genre under another it's a type umbrella. Of music. Yeah, yeah, it's a type it's of like music. A type of reggae that is more apolitical, less political, more like love emotion driven, but not not that it doesn't lack political statements because I the little bit that I've read about it, I think it still does, but yeah, even just having that in the name of the album title is is a message almost yeah. like here's what we're here's what it's going to be there's a release by a relatively overlooked in terms of american um taste at least a relatively overlooked uh uk um based r&b artist you know estelle does anyone we ever listen to yes. estelle american boy yes. kanye West? yeah yeah i love and her estelle had a release um called lovers rock as well mm. where oh. she focused on that sound and it was Honestly, I didn't see much about it in terms of like uh, just like regular radio play here, but it was it captivated a lot of producers. Like you know, just like att attention. You saw a lot of edits, a lot of remixes of that album, just because you know she was touching on a sound that was kind of on the come up right now. That Afro beat, um, you know, that lovers rock feel that was really penetrating a lot of like popular music around because I think this album I'm pulling up right now, it came out around 2018. So it was like late 2018. And if you remember where the sound of the club was in 2019, there was a lot of that right. like, Afro beat, you know, that, yeah. 
that True. rhythm and she was ahead of the curve. So it's just so um, you guys should give that a listen for sure if you get a chance. Yeah, I will. I for sure will. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and this one as well, this Sade album, it's not... Uh, it's not like the same as all the other Sade albums um, where there were more, maybe more jazz elements. Um, but I think it's a little bit more sparse. And then sometimes you would hear it just, you know, just a guitar in her voice. And then sometimes there'd be like little dub elements in, in those songs. But yeah, I just love it so much. All right. Number two, Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill from 1998. No matter how Course. Another good interlude album. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yes. You're so right. <laughs> oh my god. I, I didn't love even that interlude. That. I love <laughs> that part where they're talking about the definition of love. A love. Yeah. And they're in the, in the classroom. Kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, this this one also came out when I was in college. So uh definitely think I think back to those days when I was in college when I hear this album but this has got to be one of the best albums ever made honestly I think it's yeah. just so good and honestly it's still like what her only solo only album, one still yeah. only solo one yeah yeah and yeah I think okay so yeah we were talking about the Grammys earlier which you know we we grumble and growl at them right now but um she when she put out this album she earned 10 nominations and 5 grammys yeah um and she was the first woman to receive that many nominations and and awards in one night so it's like hey what happened to the grammys like they used to be kind of cool right seems <laughs> like it um but yeah i i feel like Think of this album too, because it crossed genres as well. I mean, you have the R and B elements, but also there was the hip hop elements. And I don't remember an album like that before, but now I can think of many beyond that. Like Drake right. does that all the time. Mm-hmm. Frank Ocean does that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a soul. It's like soul elements, but also rap. You know, yeah. Lauren's the OG. It's the OG <laughs> to do it to be able to do it all to write yeah. heartfelt ballads, to be able to spit hot fire in the booth. Mm-hmm. You know, she could do all of that. I feel like after that album, you saw... And one of, it's so funny because one of the albums on my list later is like, I feel like is probably directly influenced by that. Um, and it's just like, you know, you see a lot of that now. It's not just being able to rap. You know, if you're going to be a rapper, you need to be able to incorporate those R&B elements into your flow. You have to be able to interpolate that kind of stuff. You know, and one of Drake's biggest influences is Aaliyah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think Lauren Hill is, she casts a very long shadow. Miss yeah. Lauren Hill. <laughs> she did. I love how you how you say that. Like I've I've never heard anyone really say say that before. Casts a long shadow, but you're right. Like that that's an nail on the head, I feel like. Mm-hmm. She good. definitely does. I mean, there's a reason people still go to her shows knowing she's going to be late and wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Hours and hours <laughs> late. Hours. <laughs> you really might need to get a babysitter. You might have to pay overtime. You don't know, but you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because the impact that that album has had, it's just, it's undeniable. Yeah. And it's yeah. it still sounds so new, even when you listen to it now. And imagine the uh, yeah. pressure she must feel if um, she's ever going to do a follow-up to that album. Like, 
Will she? I see. That's the thing. I I, I, I kind of hope she never does because right now she's batting a thousand. You know what I mean? Like the Fuji's, the score, fantastic, and then follow it up with that's Miss it. Education of Lauren Hill, and she's done. Perfect. You have that's a perfect it. career. Done. You know. And don't forget Sister Act Two. Amazing <laughs> yeah, that's work. Yeah. That's true. Amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. work in Sister Act Two. Yep. Perfect movie. Perfect group <laughs> album. Perfect solo album. Done. Period. And, <laughs> yeah, she, Cash out. She, she can retire for oh. sure. Oh, what, what number was that, Tara? Uh, oh, and the Fugees. I mean, oh yeah, you said best group album. Yeah. What that was number two, I think. Two. Yeah, it was number two. Okay. I mean, I mean, so you got something better than the Miseducation of Lauren Hill for number one. I'm. I'm I know. I'm waiting. I'm excited for to it. hear it. Tell us. <laughs> I think it's better, and and for me, it's more uh, personal for me. Hit it. But that is. From 1985, Whitney Houston, mm. self-titled. Yes. Okay, yeah. so when I was... I'm a huge, huge, huge Whitney fan. I've talked about her before. I've put her on lists before. Um, but with this album... I remember being a kid and sitting in the back of the car, like in the car seat and singing The Greatest Love of All. I, I, that was like one of the very only songs I knew all the words to as a four-year-old. Like right. I knew all the words. And my mom laughs still to this day about that, you know, but um, my first cassette tape ever was Whitney Whitney Houston's Whitney, um, you know, the one with So Motion on all the fun songs. Um, but yeah, I, I love this album. Um, my mom had it, this one on tape and we played it all the time in the car. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's already like this is her debut album, right? Mm -hmm. the, the impact that she had with this record as her debut record is insane. Like she had three number one singles from it. Saving All My Love For Lou, <laughs> Saving All My Love For You, How Will I Know, The Greatest Love Of All, which is obviously a cover from G George Benson, who I put on my short list, sadly. But um, it was, uh, yeah, she 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 reached massive like crossover levels with this with this album. Whitney's amazing. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, no. I still, I, I, still, I that one of my favorite uh, videos of all time to watch is actually a Whitney Houston performance of I Have Nothing at the American Music Awards <gasps> in like the nineties when she's wearing a red dress. She kind of looks like a glittery lobster. But it's amazing. <laughs> like, you know, that back song. then that was luxury. <laughs> you know, and and it's just like, you know, you see the overwhelming amount of respect that people have for her and that during that performance, right before she hits the like, you know, show stopping note at the end of the song, everyone stands up and they start applauding Miss Houston on stage. And it's just I don't I know. Chills. I can't help but listen to Whitney and, and get a little sad because you know, yes. rest in peace. You know, it does, it, that, that one that one hurts. That yeah. one hurts all that the time. That one hurts still. so bad. Yeah, man. I'm my body's covered in chills. Like I just, Me too. <laughs> I, I, I love her. I love her. Oh. I have man. yeah. I have a big diva on my list too. So you know, we're we could we're gonna gush today. Honestly, <laughs> man. Um. Yeah, she. I mean, also, she was like the first black female to ever reach number one in Australia. Oh, interesting. And she was in number oh, wow. one for 11, 11 consecutive weeks. And that was her debut album. That's crazy. That's amazing. 
Um, I think so. I I know a lot about Whitney because she's my. And favorite, that was when people but, had to go buy albums, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Not to be but, like grumble, grumble. You know, like you can, yeah. but. It was different then. I mean, you're talking to two people in, who work in a record store. We, we're definitely, <laughs> we wish store. people would come in here and buy more albums, but you know. Yeah. We're appreciated by those that do. I'm here. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Clive Davis found her singing in a club in New York City, and then she had that much success from her first album. Okay, That's well, first of all, crazy. imagine that Clive Davis found you. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that alone. I used to think that Thelma Houston was her mom, but obviously she's not. But that would have been cool, like, right? Like, yeah. Thelma Houston, the legendary disco singer. Mm-hmm. That would have been crazy. But yeah. Anyways, that's my list. That's that's a Top great five. list. Like, it's a really good stacked. list. You went a lot Thanks, of places. It, it feels very respectable. Like, like there's nothing in there that I'm like, what are you doing, Tara? Like that <laughs> that all makes that all makes sense. You know. I mean, you should have saw the ones that I cut. Like, I'm really heartbroken about oh, it. We got to we'll, go we'll over talk our about that at later. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but first, I, I need a little coffee break. Let's all let's all take a yeah, little let's break. Take a break. And then uh, we'll come break. back and, I'll, and I'll, I'll gather up my records and we'll go through my top five. All right. Is there a soda machine in this place? There, there We do have a little case in the back. It's for employees, but we'll, we'll, we'll crack one open for you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, we're all back. Uh, we're continuing our game. We're doing the High Fidelity game, and today's prompt is top five R&B albums. Uh, first up for me, starting with the number five spot, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say her yet, but I'm also very glad that we're going to have a chance to talk about her. 2010, the Arc Android, Janelle Monet. Okay, I was waiting for someone to say Janelle Monae. Someone's got to say it. And, and, someone has to mention her. And it has to be the Arc Android. I, I, I own all yes. of her albums. I, I, I really do love her whole career. I love seeing her live. Thankfully, us here in Atlanta, I've seen her live multiple times. And mm-hmm. she's wonderful. But the Arc Android to me is still her peak. And I'm not putting her down. I'm, I'm giving her a compliment. That album... The variety from track to track is out of this world. You know what I mean? The creativity, the um, first of all, just the quality of the songwriting too, like the hooks, the the, the fucking grooves. All of it <laughs> is just a perfect album from, from start to finish, and it feels like a journey. And and you know her whole like um, Metropolis style like opera, the of, world building. Yeah, it just. I, I, you know, I, I just feel like I'm in, I'm inside something. I feel enveloped by that album. And um, I would really love for her to like, you know, finish off this whole thing. It seems like she's more or less, I, I wouldn't say giving up on the whole Cindy Mayweather thing, but it seems like she has other things to focus on. Like, I, I feel like as soon as she put out that song Yoga, I'm like, oh, you're done with being an Android now? Okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know, like y- yoga's cool too, but I, I thought you were going to be an Android for a while. All right, all right, we're, we're fine, we're fine. <laughs> 
Janelle's a big artist. I feel yeah. like she's good at too many things. I agree. Sometimes. Yes. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that that might be the problem. I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not putting her down, but I definitely yeah. feel like she's putting a lot of effort into her acting career now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Get it. You go be a great actor because you're great at that too. <laughs> Congratulations. I would like you to make the arc Android again, <laughs> please, just for me. For the fans. <laughs> but but for the fans. But I, I can't I I can't demand that of an artist. She should do whatever she wants to do. And hey, she's already given us this great album. You know what I mean? Like top to bottom, it's fantastic. I'm so grateful for it. I, I also love the fact that whenever I see artists that she collaborates with perform in Atlanta, I love how many times she has just kind of like run out on stage and performed songs with her. Like for example, yeah. um, Yes. When I went to go see Grimes here in Atlanta, playing at, um, let's see, I think it was at the uh, the Variety Playhouse. Drunken Unicorn? Oh. Variety Playhouse. I uh, didn't go to that one, I don't think. Grimes was doing her thing. And then, of course, when the Janelle Monet featured song comes on, there, there's fucking Janelle Monet running around on stage with her. Same thing with um, of Montreal. Awesome. Same thing with, um, I feel like there's another show. I, I feel like I saw Big Boy. Maybe Big Boy was playing yeah. at her show. Or was she playing at his show? No, I saw her at um, at something Outcast was playing at. Yeah, but but that, that's the thing Downtown, that I... Downtown, Centennial Park. But, and I think she came out with them on a song. But that's what I love about her is that she is so game. Like she is so willing to go and do, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's willing yeah. to just run around and be everything as great as it can be. And I think that is why she's a, such a great actor. I do think that's why she's such a great producer. I do think that's why she's such a great, you know, musician. I think that's why she's everything. And congrats to her, you know? I think she has years of influence ahead of her for sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, she may she may or may not give us another arc android. Yeah. But I think Janelle Monet is definitely yeah. gonna have a hand in the inner workings of, you know just like, you know, hip hop and R&B as it progresses. And, and, you know, I, cause I just, I don't think she's ever going to leave that part of her right? because she's too good at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. She's, she's just too good at it. Um, yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> totally. Man, that song primetime with Miguel is so good. Also, when you get Prince to play a guitar part on your song, like, yes. you know, you're cool. I yeah, didn't she got along with Prince? Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> he buds. was very That's not cheesy easy to do. <laughs> no, he chose who he who who he liked and mm-hmm. who could be with around him or even have yeah. And ordained by the purple one. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about Janelle Monae on on our lists at least once. Um, coming up on my number four is a pretty new one. The year's 2017. The album is A Romanticism by Moses Sumney. Me too. I I just love Moses Sumney. He's so good. And he's so good live. Uh, I saw him. His voice. I saw him at Afropunk, I think last year or the year before. I think it was the year before. That sounds right. Yeah. And man, he's so good live. Like, like, Like his power in his voice is just a fist, you know, and he can do whatever he wants with it. That sounds weird. Anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I, I guess what I'm saying is his EPs are great. His albums are great. His, his album that came out this year, Gray, that is in my contention mm-hmm. for best of the year. Like I love that album. Aww. And um, 
I, I don't really know what to say about him. He, he's just, he's clearly so deep and so thoughtful. I, re- I remember reading an article when um, his new album, Grey, when it was coming out, the article was like, hey, so is Moses Sumney finally going to be a mainstream, fantastically recognized by everyone artist? Or is he just going to be cemented as like the best cult R&B singer of all time? And I, I, so far, I think he's still in the cult scene. Like, I don't think he's gotten that mainstream recognition yet, but he deserves it. He's... Which is so strange because his voice is so beautiful. Yeah, and, and his a lot of people in this genre, I feel like, though. That's a lot yeah, of people in this genre. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Because um, I feel yeah. like, you know, maybe people get the impression that R&B is so saturated. Um, I, I mean, I really don't think it is. I feel like, you know, most of what you hear on the radio is so mainly rooted in like EDM, you know, in the nineties, R and B was what you heard right mm-hmm. on the radio. Yes. Yeah. That was prime time for R and B, you know, yeah. we're just, we're not in that time anymore. And, um, I always think about that though, like how it was so common to just hear, like the radio was just super black in the nineties, like, man. Boys oh, sure. to men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a turn of events after the eighties where, um, rap came on the scene and things just really started to shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about Moses Sumney, just because I feel like he's so important to me. But I don't I know what like to say. He, yeah. <laughs> a love letter I feel like, to Moses Sumney. I, 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 mean, <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing about him that I, I is probably a reason why he's not more popular. Because a, a, of course he's very popular. He's Moses fucking Sumney. We all know him. Right. Everyone who's not, ever not. heard of him knows who he is. But like, yeah. I feel like he deserves to be as famous as like The Weeknd. And clearly he's not. And And so here's, I think, the reason why. I don't think Moses Sumney parties. You know what I mean? I think he's sad. I think he he is, I'm alone, I'm sad. Listen to my music. You're alone and you're sad too. And that's- And The weekend is toxic. And that's yes. why he's famous. And and, and The <laughs> yes. weekend goes and he he plays a song for a party. He, he is getting you mm-hmm. hyped. And Moses Sumney- Toxicity wins. <laughs> yes. I, I think Moses Sumney makes you sad. And I think sadness will always win with an introspective, very thoughtful crowd, but it's never going to be top of the charts. And so th- I, I guess that's the reason why. But 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 this all being said, I don't want anyone to change, obviously. I want Moses to be exactly what he wants to be. And right. if he wants to be sad for the rest of his career, go for it. Because it's because he's great yeah. at it. He's, you know, maybe he needs to write a song that contains a euphemism for heavy cocaine use. <laughs> <Yes>. and, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, something that can pass at parties that, you know, kids can recite to you and not even know what it means, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that, can't feel my face ever make it to Kids Bop? I'm super curious about Ooh. that. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be, they, they've had many questionable lyrics show up in Kids Bop. Uh, so yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so I feel like Moses Sumney is very similar to Sampha. Yeah, I think so regard. too. I think so too. And they both have songs on the one that I called out Process mm-hmm. and this album. Both of them have songs called Plastic. Yeah. Which is interesting. And they yeah, and they have yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was um, I wanted to add it's like, you know, with a lot of the lesser known R&B's like producers and singers like singer songwriters even if they don't appear like you know super uh, like ubiquitous in terms of like you know just everyone's conversation um 
they are sometimes heavyweights behind the scene. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so I wonder what mo- what maneuvers Mr. Sumney is making within the industry itself, how he's influencing the sound. Yeah. You know, oh. um, not through his own music, but through his collaborations with other people. Because Sam is definitely one of those people that has influences that are, that are out there um, in terms of like what's popular what's you know watched the most on youtube but a lot of people might not have necessarily heard yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah um our james likes our sampas and yeah you know our moses Sumneys. Mm-hmm. we have them that's a good call out i really thought of that before and yeah you know people love to pick their brain because they love what they do Yes, exactly. And, and, and like that, that also that influence of like a musician's musician, like think about someone like Thundercat. Thundercat has been behind the scenes of dozens, if not hundreds of successful albums for the past like decade. And now he is finally getting his due. Like, I feel like he played th- on this one. Exactly. I, I feel like Thundercat yeah. is finally a, uh, I guess I'll call him a mainstream figure. I, I don't know what the mainstream is anymore, but I feel like for the longest time he was he was flying Lotus's friend, and now Thundercat yeah. is finally getting the attention of like, <laughs> hey, true. Thundercat is here and Thundercat is great. But he's been in the background for like you know Kendrick Lamar stuff in the background and Mac Miller and all this other stuff for like a decade, you know. So mm-hmm. maybe Moses will finally get his due eventually as well, you know. Yeah, That's actually, but but then again, yeah, Moses Sumney's very popular. Like me saying that he needs more attention. I guess I'm just saying. I think he's we're trying so to good. we're trying to manifest for Moses Sumney. Yes. We're manifesting yeah. today. We, we think he <laughs> deserves more. We he, think he deserves more. He should be a household name. That I guess that's what Helpful. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, before you move on, can I just say I'm looking at the back of this album here, and I could see that Brandy Younger played harp on this album. Yeah, you mentioned which, her recently. Yes, Force Majeure is like one of my, it has, I think it's going to be in my top 2020 albums with Des, Desiron, uh, the bassist. Man, that album's so good. That's awesome. Sorry. No, no I, I, I love it. I love it. About, I had to say something about my girl Brandy Younger, the harpist. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of influences, <laughs> this next one has just like a, such a, an interesting story about not only the artist's influence, but the modern world's influence on him. Uh, my number three is the 2018 album Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune by Swamp Dog. If you're happier without me I'll try not to care Do y'all know Swamp Dog? I have not. Oh my god. I have no idea who that is. Do yourself a favor and look at Swamp Dog album cover and you will know everything you need to know about Swamp Dog. Just Google Swamp Dog album cover and you are going to see some gold. He makes the most (laughs) self-aware, ridiculous album covers you've ever seen. Uh, He's been doing it since like the 1970s and he's an incredible, incredible dude in every regard. So long story short, oh my gosh. long he story pretty short. pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Swamp Dog is fucking amazing. Um, so uh, he, he's also the original dog spelled with two G's. He, he predates Snoop Dogg in that regard. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Influential. 100%. Influential. Um, also, so, so here's the long story short of what this album is. 
basically, um, you know, he was cruising around with like his tour manager on his way to like a show or something. And uh, they turn on like some local radio uh, and they were listening to it. And uh, at one point, Swamp Dog just goes like, hey, did this artist like die or something? And the person driving the car was like, no, why would you say that? He's like, oh, well, it must be like some sort of like in memoriam. They've been playing like nothing but their songs like the whole day, just like back to back to back to back. And the driver of the car was like, this has been like 12 different people. He's like, no, shut up. They all they all sound the same. They all have that same what? auto-tune thing in every single song. And he's like, yeah, that's what the kids are doing now. And he's like, no, oh. these kids are fucking up. I'll show them how to do it. And so him as like, gosh, he, he's got to be in his 70s at this point. He made an auto-tune album the other year working with, um, he worked with Bonnie Vare. He worked with um, Policia. I forget um, the, that dude's name. And it sounds absolutely amazing. Track one, side one of Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune will be something that you have never heard before. The second my You're ears heard my it, mind. it just, it sounded brand new. And I love any moment when I hear a song and I go, this is new. This is something brand new. And it made me so happy. A, a friend of mine actually works at the label that put out this album, uh, Joyful Noise. And... Um, when he, when this album first came on while he was at the office, he was walking around carrying a bunch of stuff. The song came on and he stopped what he was doing, set down everything he was carrying, walked to the room where it was playing and said, who is this? I need to know who this is right now. And obviously he hears new stuff every single day. He works in a very, you know, lucrative, popular record label. But, um, but yeah, anyway. I can't, like, this is, I have never... <laughs> This is such a funny story. Like I've never heard of this person before at all. Just, and he's new or he's not he, new. He's been around like, since he's the done 70s, albums before, but. but he's still doing his thing. He, he actually put a, out a great That's album crazy. this year too. But anyway, anyway, long story short. The album short. names crack me up, <laughs> oh, honestly. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at somebody sleeping without you as a drag with two Gs. Yes. My, my favorite one is Rat On though. Did you guys see the cover art for Rat On where he's riding a giant sewer rat? Oh, God, oh my I'm, gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> All of Swamp Dog is amazing, but but do yourself a favor. Put on Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune, track one, side one, and just enjoy a brand new sensation in your ears. It's it's great. Amazing. But but moving on, moving on to uh, my number two artist. We're, we're all going to be very happy that this is happening again. The year is 2012. The EP is called True, and the artist is Solange. Oh, I'm dreaming of a time and you knew me Some things never seem to fucking work Now, Yay. personally, don't get me wrong, I love A Seat at the Table. True to me is perfect. Mostly, because I, I actually, good. I really like Dev Hines, a.k.a. Blood Orange. I yes. really, really dig him. Yes. And I feel like the two of them together make each other better. I, I think Dev Hines is better with Solange. I think Solange is better with Dev Hines. I'm not putting either one of them down. I just think that they're peanut butter and chocolate. I think together they are perfect. And I, I know they actually had kind of a falling out, but then they kind of got back together friendship-wise. So I hope they work together again in the future. But I, I, I love them together. I just think they're 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 a perfect pair, you know? So um We've already said a lot of great things about Solange, but uh, I, I I don't know. That's all I have to say. No. <laughs> Solange is the alpha and omega of our team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she might be. <laughs> she might be tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, she really is. Sometimes, though, I mean, I'm really 
Oh, she's just so she's such a big deal to me. I, I also just thought it was no, it was really interesting <laughs> to me that um, while making my list, you know, obviously when I was like going through everyone that could be on this list, you know, Beyonce made it obviously into the conversation in my mind. Is Beyonce going to make my list? And I, I'll spoil it now. She's not my number one. And then I had to think to myself, like, oh, this is interesting. Like, clearly Beyonce's great. Why is it that I clearly love Solange so much more? And I, I don't have an answer to that. I, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm not. I think it's down. because Solange has something to say. Yeah. Beyonce does too. I mean, Lemonade was fantastic. No, no one can take anything away yeah. from Lemonade. That's that's her 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 magnum opus as as of yet. And one thing I actually love about both of them, this is both the Knowles sisters. They both get better and better and better with every album. I really feel mm-hmm. like they improve and improve and improve and improve and kind of yeah. hone that blade. So so good for both of them. But, but anyway, but now we have almost two finished lists. Beyonce has not made it, but Solange has. I'm not trying to put them up against each other, but I, I just do, do find it interesting that why Solange... Maybe because she's the underdog. Maybe because she has like, that. I think, I think feel. it's because we're also talking about R and B. You know, that's not, a good you know, point. Yeah. Know, and Beyonce plays at R and B. I feel like she came. Beyonce came up on R and B with Destiny, Destiny's Child, right? Um, with the the speed singing, yeah. the agility yeah. that she brought mm-hmm. to you know being a vocalist is something that you see you know, done a lot these days, but like, that's her past. Beyonce now is the entertainer, the diva, where Solange is the storyteller. You're you know? absolutely right. And that's how right. I like to look at the two. Yeah, no, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and like, you're right too, that when you think about Beyonce, I don't think R&B first. I think pop first, At you know? All. Yeah. Pop first. And, and and again, not putting anyone down, that's totally cool, but we are making an R&B list. And so I thought of Solange more than I thought of Beyonce. Huh. No, yeah. Years I later, like... from, years from. I'm so sorry. I keep talking. I can just. Oh, no, no, no. no. This we is... want you to talk. This is <laughs> do great. It. Yeah, we do. But you know, I just think years from now, uh, when we talk about R and B and who has had, you know, how R and B gets to however it gets to where it's going mm-hmm. years down the road, I think Solange is going to be a big part of that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I I, I want her to basically be an Erica Badu. I want her to be there perpetually doing whatever she wants whenever she wants and always being interesting that's what i want from her i will say yeah. right now i'm i'm sad i didn't put any eric any eric abadu on my list anyway sorry i didn't okay <laughs> I, I i didn't either but i thought okay there's a chance that Maybe she fits in another list yeah. down the road called Neo Soul. Exactly. <laughs> Again, yes. we're getting into genre yes. specificity, but you're absolutely right. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. today yeah. we're talking about R&B. It's time for my number one album. We've we've mentioned him before. The year's 2016. The album is Blonde. The artist is Frank Ocean. It's hell on earth and the city's on fire. In hell, in hell, there's heaven. There's a bull in a matador. There he is. There he is. He had to show up eventually. And he I, had to. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I was as surprised as anyone that he was my number one. But it feels correct in my mind. Like obviously our lists are subjective. But like I, I in right. my head, I was not planning on having Blonde be my number one album. But it just is. Like, it just, it, it fits. It makes sense. It's cohesive. It feels right. His talent is, like, unparalleled. Like, it's like, oh, shit. No, no, this album's too new. It can't be my number one. No, no, it is. Oh, 
oh no. Like I could lie and say that it, it it's like my number five, but the truth is blonde. Number one with the bullet. It's 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 just it's it's basically a, a perfect album from from beginning to end. He 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 wrote the yeah. songs, he sang his ass off, and he produced it within a, like an inch of his life, and it's it's fantastic. I, I can't say much more about it, you know. That is a for, yeah. damn near perfect album for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I would I have to say. Um, that's another one that took me more than one listen to get into. Isn't that crazy? No, 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 same, but, no, same. But those are my favorite <laughs> yeah, kinds of burner. albums. I I love a grower way more than a shower. Again, this sounds... Hmm. Wow. This record store is in Midtown, by the way. <laughs> but but an album that grows on you, to me, is so much more um, long-lasting than one that you love on the first listen. I, I think a first listen is also important, and that's a completely different thing. Tara, someday we need to do top five immediate loves compared with top five albums that grow on you. But anyway, uh, yeah. that's a different day. Um <laughs> I need to go get Man, Frank has some stands. Like there Yeah. People who love Frank like obsess over Frank. Yeah. And I, I, I think like. part Do of you, it Are you that way? Are you one of those people? No. I, I think it's more just like in my head, it's just undeniable how great he is, you know? Like by the numbers, he's he's a fucking all-star. And I, I think one yeah. thing that people like about him, myself included, is how little he gives a fuck. Like he does not care about his yeah. legacy or his his presence on the internet or any of these things. Like I, I saw this one interview with him that made me respect him so much where um someone was asking him like why he isn't more prolific and why he doesn't put out more stuff. And he's like, it's just not that interesting to me. He's like, I'm so like when you're really good at something, it's not that much fun to do it. So I'd rather do things that I'm not very good at. And it's like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> you know, like that was his response. That was his oh response. My goodness. Is that like he's so good at music that it's not very interesting to him. So he'd rather do other things. And it's like interesting. Wow. Congrats, dude. Well, and he's been doing it for a long time. Like yeah. since he was pretty young in Louisiana, and then he moved to LA and like struggled to right. get his footing going and then and then just blew up. And man, c- congratulations Frank, Frank to the odd ordained. future gang, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, he wrote a Justin Bieber song. Yes, yes. One Which one did Frank Ocean write? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Do you know, Seth? I don't, but I, I, I remember hearing about that, yeah. Lorando Music Fact. Speaking of Odd Future and um, uh, Justin Bieber... Uh, uh, what's his name? Tyler, the creator tried to get, um, Justin Bieber to perform earthquake. Uh, Bieber turned it down. Then he tried to get Rihanna to do it. Rihanna turned it down. So he's like, fine, I'll fucking do it. (laughs) And it's, it's an amazing song. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. He shopped it around and ended up keeping it for himself. Yeah. I mean, he would have made a lot more money. If Bieber or Rihanna would have done it, because his his, oh, yeah. his royalties would have been much higher. But uh, the room. but it, it worked. Great a lot for of him. songs that a lot of songs that were written like there's she's turned down a bunch that have blown up. Like Toxic, I think was offered to her, and then Britney got it, of course. And then also, uh, it's like one of my favorite grime songs, that oh, Go song. Yes. She wrote that for Rihanna, and, yeah. and Rihanna turned it down. Grimes like I'll do it myself, and it's a great song. It's I like, completely agree. Yeah, banger. Yeah, <laughs> I can already hear Rihanna singing "Earthquake" in my mind. Yeah, 
So it makes perfect logical sense as to why he asked her to take that one. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that was a good list, Seth. Thank you. Like really great stuff. It was really good. Swamp Dog. I don't know. I got to check out Swamp Dog. You, Never you will enjoy Swamp Dog. Swamp Dog is a- Swamp it made a little your, intimidating. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it made to your top five. Like that's kind of huge that it made to your top five. Well, here's what, here's nothing, here's nothing that surprised me. It's all within the last decade. That's that really surprised me. Like, like, like oh, that is. I, and I, I know part of it for me is that I love the new. I'm always like hunting for new, new, new all the time. And I know part of it too is that I mm-hmm. love experimentation. And you know, the the further you get along history's timeline, the more experimental people are going to be, and the more things yeah. people are going to try. So, so that makes sense in my own head. But still, the fact that my oldest album on here is the Arc Android is pretty surprising to me. It is. But um but anyway. That's pretty surprising. Zeta, I want to hear your list. So let's take another yeah. quick coffee break. Uh you go gather up your albums, we'll come back and we'll do your top five. Okay, awesome. All right, we're back here. So fun. We're going to be doing the uh, top five R and B albums. Tara's gone. I've gone. Now it's our our, our customer Zeta. Our, our, our well, my new friend. Tara's old friend. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go through this. Start, start us off with number five. Okay, so uh, for me, number five is probably going to be the newest on the list. Uh, this one came out this year, and it had banger after banger. But the vocals and the rhythms were all very, very true to the R&B tradition. And that is going to be Chloe and Halle's Ungodly Hour. It was their second album, I think. Uh, It has some production from Disclosure. It has some production from Chloe and Halle. Um, and honestly, if you listen to the album from beginning to end, because it begs for you to do that, it's that good. <laughs> All they do is flex the entire time. <laughs> they are so talented. It blows my mind. The vocal runs, the agility, the vocal agility. It's like all, you know, because Beyonce is a mentor to Chloe and Halle. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Noel's influence is really heavy on my list right now already um, <laughs> from that alone. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just, it's it's been a while since like I listened to an album and I, and I felt like I was just witnessing talent, you know, like just pure yeah. talent. And they're so refined. And, you know, Chloe um, hits these like low, husky, almost Tony Braxton esque notes. And she can go from that to, you know, you know, high soprano, flittering, you know, runs. And then Hallie is just angelic, you know, and they, they, the way that they work together on their songs, it's just so many layered vocals um, and so many like tastefully done ad libs. Honestly, it's probably album of the year for me. We're not doing an album of the year show, <laughs> but um, you know that album came out this year and it got me through the pandemic because it's just you know if you can make me dance during like you know total lockdown and um, you're all I'm listening to, I think you're really up there. But if you haven't listened to Ungladly Hour by Chloe and Halle, you are missing out. I need you to get on it. 
It's literally <laughs> like watching, uh, it's like watching Simone Biles do a floor routine, but they're singing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I heard, I first served Chloe and Halle on TikTok. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, they were blowing up with that like one song. Um, I forget which one it is now, but I started seeing more and more people saying the same things that you are like really talking them up and just excited about their album. And I haven't listened to it all the way through yet. So I need to do that. I need to get on that because the level of excitement that I hear from everyone about this album is, is, is probably really telling. (laughs) You hear them and you're like, you were literally born to do music. There's no way. There's no way you were not supposed to do this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's just it's just a display of talent. And it's almost and sometimes you find it kind of offensive because it's like, how dare you be this good at this? <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you be this talented? Um, but it's just it's just so good. And honestly, that album, um, you know, it just pushed me in terms of like my, you know, production ideas and just like what I thought I could be, you know, what I was capable of, like in my own little home studio. And they had a lot of um, influence in the work that they created this year. They, you know, were not just, you know, singing songs that were given to them. Um, I want to say that Chloe definitely has some production credits on the album. Um, And as far as I know, their vocal engineering is something that they kind of take a lot of control over. And I know that's, you know, that's the thing with R&B artists. They're never going to just be hey, give me a song and I'll sing it. You know, well, some of them might, if they're big enough, like Rihanna, mm-hmm. of course, but she's Rihanna. So, <laughs> you know, her her taste is what makes her amazing. And um, so, you know, but that's the thing with R&B. I, I like when you see um, these talents, like they always have a hand in every aspect of the production. So you're never going to yeah. just have an R&B artist who is just, you know, just trilling away in a booth and doing nothing else. But that's the common yeah. theme with this with this list I have. It's all my list is um there's one guy. <laughs> um and the rest are just, you know, women in music who have a lot to say. Um yeah. but I could really talk about Chloe and Halle for <laughs> such a problem. <laughs> that's cool that Disclo- I didn't know that disclosure um did or like had a hand in anything that's they cool. actually did the title track and it's oh. so funny because like we all know what disclosure sounds like. Yeah. But like it still sounds like a disclosure song, but it's, you know, it's very different from what they're, they normally do. And it's just because of the layered Chloe and Halle vocals. It's, it's insane, honestly. That's awesome. Listen to it with headphones. <laughs> it's a headphones album. It's okay. a headphones. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm in, moving down my list. Let me see what I got here. My, um, my, fourth album is there is no way that album came out i know this has been a long year but let me just make sure (laughs) because if that album came out this year i'm gonna really um have to start talk therapy let me see (laughs) um okay that's so this album came out 2019 october 2019 and it's summer walkers over it all i ever asked was you to pick up the phone when you alone all i ever asked was you to show me some love kisses and hugs no i never had an issue go to the- um summer walker is a really big artist for the past like two years the whole album is produced by her partner london on the track we've heard london on the track you know that tag on so many hits over the past like probably like 
three, four years at this point. I mean, he's been, he's been around for a minute. Um, he's worked with Young Thug. Um, and, you know, now him and Summer have made this Trap and B album that I have not stopped listening to since it came out last year. I think this album... Before the album that I listened to the most was Scissors Control, mm-hmm. which surprisingly is not on this list. I, I, um, I was waiting because, for someone to say it. And, and the fact that it didn't make it, I'm a little sad, but... I cut it from mine. I cut it from mine because I thought it was too poppy. Mm. I cut it from mine as well because I just see, I feel like Scissors has more in her. Yeah, 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 no, I, 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 I do think her best is ahead of her. She, she's, she's got a, she's got a long career ahead of her, and she's going to do some amazing things for sure. And like, uh, the, the album over it, it's every song is written by Summer Walker. She has a really crazy backstory. Um, she's from Atlanta. She used to be a stripper. She was a singer songwriter while she was working in the strip club. <laughs> What a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, you know, you notice a lot of, like, uh, rappers that come out of Atlanta, the, when that Southern tradition, they're, they're yatted, they're tatted up, they are that, mm-hmm. that ideal, you know, like, face tats, all of this and that. And she is one of the only people in R&B that gives that, you know, that lends that aesthetic to her um, sound. And I've always found that to be, like, the most intriguing part of her. It's just she, her story and, like, just, Everything about her, she's just full of so many contradictions. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend following her on social media. She has horrible opinions and ideas <laughs> on, on, um, on just about everything. Um, it's actually a funny story that I... <laughs> so glad I get to tell this story. <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Um, uh, me and Summer Walker actually have Instagram beef. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And I'm such a fan. I saw her live. I'm a fan. But, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, I'm going to say the reason Summer Walker's album is so important is because I learned to truly separate the art from the artist Hmm. through this woman. It's important. Yeah. (laughs) Because at the beginning of the pandemic, she was posting videos um, kind of feeding into the xenophobia that mm-hmm. was that came along with the oh, first no. you know wave of COVID, and yeah. it you know I, I, there were a lot of call out comments. I remember you know, I, this. I, yes, I remember <laughs> this. I was like, wait, why don't I? I I follow you, so I I feel like that, I would have seen something. Honestly, but yeah, I, I remember. My phone I totally to forgot. This, I my like soul left my body. I was so horrified. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Oh my God, this is not something I ever saw happening. You know, um, you know, I left this long time and I was like, yo, I really, I, I was like, I really don't think you understand like why this is bad, but Hey, this is bad. Love you. You're great. And, um, she ended up posting one of my comments on her story and she was dragging me wow. and her story. So that comment actually made it to a shade room post. And as you know, you haven't really made it. So you made it to the shade room. So this one's for you, Summer. Thank you. (laughs) No, thank you for giving. (laughs) I'm really excited because I have not heard this album. I love it when someone mentions an album in their top five that I've never heard because that means I get a brand new, fresh experience for the first time. You got to hear it. You got to hear it. There's so many hits. The only thing about this album is this album. I have to say is one of the first albums that I have heard that has made it 
quite plain how streaming has affected music production. As in like the, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Because all the songs are short. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 They're all under three minutes. And I just, I'm, I mean, it's just crazy to me, like two minute songs. Right. You know, I'm like, who are you guided by voices? Like what's going on? (laughs) 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 You know, and that's funny. I actually thought she had a guided by voices influence until I put two and two together. And I realized, no, it's because of the Spotify algorithm. Right. Yeah. I I heard something very similar this year, which is, um, so, um, Phil Elvram, the dude from the microphones and Mount Erie and all that kind of stuff. Love the microphones. He put out his brand new, um, the microphones album this year, I believe it's called the microphones in 2020, blah, blah, blah. And it is a single, I believe it's a 40 minute track. And anyway, when he released it, like people were, he was doing an interview and they were like, Oh wait, so how does this work with like the algorithms of, um, of Spotify and YouTube and stuff? He's like, it doesn't. That's why I'm not bothering to put it on there. (laughs) And it's like, Oh yeah, (laughs) of course. Of course. It's crazy. You're seeing more and more artists put out these complete bodies of work that are, they, they basically opt for more songs that are shorter. Yeah. Um, and over it, I think the playlist for over it, I think it has about 15 tracks on it. No, no, it has about, Oh no, it has 16. That's a lot. And that's not including the remix of one of the tracks that's already from a previous EP of hers. And they're all under like, you know, three minutes. Hmm. I don't think a single song goes over three minutes. Um, The biggest hit she had from that album, Playing Games, which, uh, you know, uses, uh, it samples a Destiny's Child lyrics. And it's a really, really good track. You know, um, that song alone was two minutes and 23 seconds. Right. So that's where we are in music now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but in terms of where we are in music now and how people write music now to accommodate those algorithms or to at least make the most of them, um, I think Summer Walker is the best example Hmm. of what you can do with such little time because all (laughs) of her songs are just like perfect little bites of R&B and some of them are very light, but they're all packed with the same amount of emotion. Like just because they're short doesn't mean they're not effective. Yeah. And that's what makes the album mm-hmm. so good. I'm excited to hear this. So, Very excited. Yeah. yeah. When when we were talking about Sade and like, does anyone do that now? I immediately thought of Summer Walker and Ari Lennox. Those two were my like first two that I thought of. I really love Last Day of Summer, that album. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite of hers. That but one's so the, good. I thought Smart of those water. two, but like ah. But man, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Ari Lennox sort of has that um, almost like classic soul singer voice. That bouncy, that bouncy, like Aretha. Aretha, yes. Anita, yeah, vibes. But I I just wanted to say like, yeah, I thought of both of them when we were talking about Sade. Just like, who who does it now? (laughs) You're right. No one sings like Summer Walker. I mean, like, honestly, she's one of the better voices that have come out in the... And over the past few years, like her runs are beautiful as well. Um, that's another one. And but she's one of those those singers where they just know how to fucking sing. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And oh yeah. And that's that's just what they're here to do. Um, Chloe and Hallie, you know, you hear the you hear the talent, and you hear the dedication and the hard training. You hear all of that, and and how they sing, and how they approach their 
their music. But with summer, it just sounds so effortless. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Don't ask her for any of her opinions on anything um, <laughs> newsworthy, but yeah. those two brain cells go off in that booth, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I fully understand. Like, I need to find a way to still listen to the Smiths. The Smiths are very important to me, but fuck Morrissey, uh, you know? Yes. And that's yes. That, that's hard. That's a hard thing to figure out. And No, I feel like you can listen to the Smiths, but don't listen to Morrissey's solo albums. But there some you go. Morrissey Boom. solo is pretty good. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. Saying, Trust like, if me. Kid, if you did that, then you couldn't listen to Summer Walker's exactly. albums. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's very hard. And we won't even get into Michael Jackson, you know? Like, oh, God. It's, it's all it's, it's hard. It's very hard. <laughs> Be, because like it is it a is. crime to take away thriller from the people. That's a crime. You can't do that. Well, and, I mean, you know? Yeah, if we're talking about problematic behavior, there's so much problematic behavior far back in history. Huge, amazing artists. Yeah. Even like Sam Cooke right. supposedly was like the a huge womanizer, potentially raped some women. Like yeah. there's so many shitty people out there. Absolutely. But like, yeah. So, so no, you no. know, it's crazy. Like we, we've canceled R. Kelly pretty effectively. Yeah. We have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think there is too far. You know what I mean? There, there, there is definitely too far with everyone, but, 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 but I, I, yeah. I, I compliment you Zeta for being able to figure this out. Cause I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> like only with this one. Okay. Only with <laughs> Cause yeah, it's, it's hard. The thing with this album, like I describe it as trap and B because, you know, she uses a lot of like, just like language. You don't really, well, I wouldn't even say that, you know, back in the day, blues songs were very vulgar. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And and I feel like summer is kind of, she kind of brought that back mm. to R and B, you know, cause Mariah gave us, you know, Mariah made us all pick up a dictionary, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and summer's bringing us back to our roots. Um, and you know, some of her lyrics are just so straightforward. Like, um, like from girls need love. I just need some dick. Like that's a lyric, right? <laughs> you know, and it says so much and it doesn't, but it doesn't, it doesn't take anything away from the song and it right. actually drives the point of the song home. And, um, I haven't heard a lyricist do something like that in quite some time. So that's another reason she just really, I just really fuck with her. Nice. You know, as dumb as she is, <laughs> I really fuck with her. <laughs> um, yeah. And so moving down my list, um, Mariah's caution, Mariah Carey caution. I'm not your world, no, I'm not your life. Tell me what that means to you if it was me. What more can I say about the album? First of all, I'm a lamb. Let's get that out of the way. I'm a lamb. I love Mariah. Um, no, I love her. I love she's her. She's a genius. She <laughs> is. The greatest songwriter she, of all time. I was going to say, I don't feel like she gets enough credit for being such a great songwriter. Not I nearly really enough. Not nearly enough. We could talk. That's a whole episode. <laughs> that is a whole episode. <laughs> you know, like Mariah does not get nearly enough credit as a songwriter producer. And honestly, um, I feel like for a year since probably since hmm, what what album was Honey on Butterfly? Uh yeah, I think so. She started whisper singing with Butterfly. And I wanna say she never stopped whisper singing until she got to the emancipation of Mimi. Mm. You know, when she was in, oh, you know, that. 
for a yeah. while she just whispered <laughs> you know <laughs> you know Mariah was just big on the whisper and you know I loved uh I love Butterfly because I'm pretty sure the roof is on Butterfly and that's one of my favorite songs by her of all time honestly um with the mop deep sample and um that just that song showcases Mariah's like deep ass knowledge of her medium um but with caution it's like I feel like I've been seeing Mariah for years fight against the expectations that people have of her because of how massive her legacy is so mm-hmm. people have always been like you know why doesn't she hit the notes like she used to why isn't she singing emotions every single day of the of the week perfectly you know those kinds of things and then i with caution this is the first album that she has written for her current voice and if you listen to like you know she she sings in a lower register she it's more of a coup, not a coup, but a croon, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, in this album, it just takes full advantage of the Mariah that we have now instead of trying to be the Mariah that we used to have. And in doing so, I really think nothing sounds like caution. Nothing sounded like that. When that album, that album came out and that was another, I think that was a 2019 release. Um, no, no way. Maybe it was 2018. I think that was a 2018 um, release. 2018, yeah. Yeah, that was a 2018 release. And at first, I think a lot of people just kind of derided it because the first track is, you know, GCFO, Get the Fuck Out. And it's just Mariah Carey, like, kind of like, you know, why don't you get the fuck out? Like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so that was heavily memed. But if you, once you make it past, like, you know, because Mariah's, Mariah's a character. She's a funny you know, she's a funny diva. There's a lot of a lot to her, like, legend that is pretty hilarious. But when you make it past that, I'm telling you, Caution is one of the most life-changing albums I have ever heard. Um, she just did something. She really snapped on that one. <laughs> There's yeah. a slick need- Rick feature for crying out oh, loud. Oh, nice. Yeah, I need to listen <laughs> to that one more, honestly. But the whole, like, expectation of someone to sound the same their whole career is unrealistic especially for someone like mariah carey who's had what like almost 20 studio albums and almost the same amount of headlining tours there's no way someone especially an aging voice can can be sustained your whole career like that and i think whitney houston got the same slack for it as she was aging when she of course was doing drugs alongside of the whole like degradation of her voice. But man, yeah, it's just, it's not fair. It's unrealistic expectations for people to, to put that amount of pressure on her. So that's cool that she's still making music for one and not, not, um, I guess not, not breaking under the pressure of people criticizing maybe her voice not being the same. She's super adaptable. And that's what I've always loved about her. You know, um, even when you watch her live performances and there's a, there, when she returned, when she had her comeback, because how many comebacks has Mariah had? <laughs> um, but when The Emancipation of Mimi was released and she came to the Grammys and performed, We Belong Together, and it was a, it was a medley, We Belong Together and Touch My Body. And this video is ingrained in my head because I watch it all mm-hmm. the time. No, not We Belong Together and Touch My Body. We Belong Together and Fly Like a Bird. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and um, at the beginning of the performance, you're saying she's kind of like struggling to, to find her ground. 
but you actually watch her in real time, like get herself together during while she's on stage. And it's that adaptability that I think is showcased so well with caution. Um, I don't know. You just, when you listen to it, you're like, wow, you really figured it out, girl. (laughs) 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 You figured out how to keep cashing this check. (laughs) I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that you got Mariah on your list. Yeah. I think she definitely deserves a spot. (laughs) I mean, she had to make an appearance out of of the 15 albums we're talking about tonight. uh, She had to make it on here somewhere. I'm glad. Yeah. That's awesome. Greatest songwriter of all time. Mariah Carey. (laughs) So that was your number three, is that right? Uh, that was uh, so yeah, that was my number three. All right. Uh, so number two, Negro Swan by Blood Orange. Whoa! Yay! Wow! Devine's made it. I'm glad that one was on there. Yes, too. he did. Yeah. Nice. Yes, he did. Nice. That yes. album makes me cry when I listen to it. It just, but it also feels like a hug. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just speaks to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So much. And Dev Hines, like you know, he's an amazing songwriter, an amazing producer. He's written so many like big songs. Um, everything is embarrassing that with Sky Ferreira. That is I love that song so that much. That song, timeless, 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 <laughs> timeless. And like it's uh I don't know. Negro Swan, uh, what's the charcoal baby? Mm-hmm. That song right there alone. I love to listen to that song with like driving in my car, windows down, you know, balmy night, preferably somewhere in the south. I know, you know, it's just Dev Hines is probably where the sound is going to go for the foreseeable future. I feel like he's going to have, he's going to get a bigger influence. I feel like his sphere of influence is going to grow. Yeah. Um, and also the recognition the of the influence he's already given. Like, I, I think he's, Precisely. Al- he's already guiding music in many, many ways, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I, I think people will realize how important he is. The more time passes. Yeah. Sure. He, he's so talented. he, he has uh, such a loud voice in music already. He's such a great performer. Yeah, man, he just he has such great taste too. You know, yeah, he, how many instruments does that man play? Right, I know, right. <laughs> also, I love his interest in other things like ballet. Even I think he was learning ballet or something. Mm-hmm. He's he's also a great That's music cool. video director. If you ever watch any of the stuff he directs, it's uh, it's astonishing. Like his, his creativity is pretty unparalleled he he does a lot and he does it all really oh. really well you know what he's actually one of those artists that has a signature sound yeah yeah mm-hmm. That's he a good totally call. does yeah oh yeah, yeah. For and sure. you can hear it okay. in the other music that he's like made for other people or like collaborated with you can hear that mm-hmm. sound for definitely sure. you can he has a yeah he has a stamp i love that Although, Supposedly he's worked with Philip Glass, which I haven't heard oh. anything about, but I need to check that yeah, out. Now. I yeah, I haven't heard about that. Wow. That sounds amazing. I know. You want to know one yeah. of my things, one of my favorite albums to like go to sleep to and to study to is the original motion picture soundtrack for the hours by oh, Philip Glass. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no awesome. joke. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I listen to it all the time. No, Philip Glass <laughs> is a boss. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. we're not talking about like Philip Glass like in the R and B show, but yeah, I've seen him live and I thought I was going to fall asleep 
in the show, but this is not a bad thing. This is not like I'm falling asleep because I'm bored, but like because it was so beautiful. Right. Oh, it was just like falling so asleep peaceful. during the no theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, it's so dreamy. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's wonderful. You know, the Jap- Japanese no theater, they say that it's uh, good to fall asleep during a no theater performance because you have amazing dreams. Oh, wow. Oh. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's cool. And, uh, my number, the the number one album for me on this list, and I think roll. this is a really good, nice way to round out this conversation. When I Get Home by Solange. Three separate <laughs> Solange albums. Wow. Look she made just us. three lists. <laughs> And three different albums. Yes, yes. On three different lists. Three different albums. It's a Solange night. I love it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. My God, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like like I said, with that album, when I when I get home, it felt it. That album is Black Liberation. It's celebration. It's catharsis. It's fun. It's letting go. It's feeling yourself. A lot of that album, it's not, it's not super high energy, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know the just the message she's delivering and the subject matter she's focus she focuses on on this album compared to a seat at the table. It's just the perfect journey yeah. from one album to the next, and I feel like honestly you can't have one without the other sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I had to pick one album. And I picked this one, and I'm so glad um, you did look, because look at what it did. The, yeah. the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, balance. I love it. We, we, we got to talk about perfect. three separate Solange albums in I one know. night. <laughs> we're talking on the R&B show of all. Yes. Of all, you know, we're doing it. So We needed yeah. it. We hit the mark today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's Solange amazing. Solange says she's the alpha and the omega of R&B right now. Yeah. So let's go ahead and give her that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. Well, okay. Well, our, our night is wrapping up because we got to close the store pretty soon. But Real quick, we got to kick out some names of people that we wanted to put oh on our gosh. list and we couldn't. I needed to get Serpent with Feet on this list. I am so oh. mad that I couldn't get him on this list. I tried so hard, but <laughs> I couldn't kick anyone else out. I'm so mad about that. Also, we got to talk about Prince. How many times did y'all oh. think to yourselves, took, I'm going to put Prince on Prince here, off. too much funk. Okay, I'm going to put Prince on here. No, too much funk. Like, he just wasn't quite yep. R&B enough for me to like mm-hmm. stick him on this list. Do you guys agree? I, I agree. removed him for Bang Funky. Yeah, yeah. And, well. and you know, different lists. Y'all He's just too one. funky for me, as George <laughs> Michael would say. I, I even tried to go with like different albums. I'm like, well... On you know 1999, he's a little more R and B than funk. <laughs> like you know, that's what the I mean? one I had on my yeah. list. I was I was but trying I was to like, like no. justify it, but I, I he couldn't make it. But I wanted him on here. <laughs> how about how about you? Yeah. I was bummed to to take off Tony Braxton, mm. even off the wall by Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Control and Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson. I wanted yeah. to put SZA, Kalila, Bill Withers, Jill Scott, Otis Redding, PM Dawn, Erica Badu. I took all those people off, and I just I feel gutted about yeah. it. Honestly, it, it, it was tough to narrow it down. Uh, Zeta, how about yeah. you? Um, I had to take off Missy Elliott's Under oh. Construction. <gasps> That I yeah. that really hurt because that album means so much to me. Um, <laughs> I took off Rihanna's Anti. Mm, I, I was waiting that for Rihanna like, to make an appearance. Yeah, I mean, if anything was going to make an appearance, it was definitely going to be Anti. Mm-hmm. I mean, that album. I also took off Control by SZA. Yeah. Sorry, girl. Yeah. Um, 
I just realized uh, that earlier <laughs> when you guys were saying control, I was thinking Janet Jackson, which I was like, it's too oh, pop. But you guys were talking funny. about SZA. Yes, sorry. And the yeah. SZA I wanted to and, and the SZA I wanted to put on was Z. Oh, Z is great. I, I really I enjoy her first EPs, but, but yeah, we should have spelled control when we were talking about That's it. So that funny. would have narrowed control, it down. Yeah. <laughs> CTR. I was like, it's too poppy. <laughs> Janet, yeah. That's funny. That's so funny. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> Uh, all right. Man. Well, um, thank you so much for coming in, into the store tonight, Zeta. We'll definitely get you the uh, you know friends and family discount on this stack of records. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, thank you so much. You know, vinyl's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and thank you to everyone else who came into the store today. But uh, it really is the end of the day. We got to lock up. We all got to get home. So uh, thanks for coming and happy trails, everyone. Uh, until we meet again. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society. Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.